Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's great to be here tonight. Amen. And uh, this is new territory for us. It's never been really much in this area of the country. Uh, but uh, we're so thankful to have the privilege of being here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, give honor to your pastor tonight. And I think we ought to just take a little time right now and pray for him. It, I don't know. It might be in the middle of the night there for all I know. And, uh, but let's pray that God will greatly use him, make him a blessing. Let's pray right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch Brother Riggins, Lord. Be with him right where he is tonight, God. Give him rest. God, give him health in his body. Lord, and use him, God, in a great and mighty way. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. We, again, appreciate the, the privilege of coming here and it was interesting the way that it worked out because um, um, we got a chance to go to admit, which we didn't have on our schedule at all. We were up in uh, North North Dakota, and um, uh, I didn't have much scheduled that particular week. And we got our mail from home and saw the schedule of admit that it was just right at the right time. So we um, uh, were able to rearrange things and took off for uh, Tulsa, and. Um, and from there, we actually had planned on going west, but uh, Brother Eights uh, asked us to come to Green Forest, Arkansas, which brought us over a little more this way, and then, uh, and then he actually called while I was in North Dakota, and then when I got down to the conference, I was sitting at the table one day with your pastor, and he asked me about my schedule, and it just worked out where we could come and spend time here while he was uh, gone. And uh, so we thank the Lord for the privilege of being here. Amen. And uh, the young lady at the piano is my girlfriend. Hallelujah. Amen. Of almost 43 years. And uh, appreciate her very much. She's been a very faithful companion. Amen. We have five kids and uh, three boys and two girls. The three boys are all pastoring churches. And uh, my uh, older daughter is married to a young preacher in Roswell, New Mexico. And uh, so that leaves us with the caboose. Hallelujah. And this is not my granddaughter. I know she looks like my granddaughter. But uh, she was born when I was 45 years old. Amen. And uh, uh, she has been a great blessing. Her name is Danae. And uh, uh, we love to sing and worship the Lord. My wife and I have been recording for a lot of years. Actually, our first recording was uh, in 1976. For those of you that don't know, that's last century. <clears throat> and we recorded several times. We evangelized for 10 years, uh, and then um, from 1971 to 1981. And in 1981, we went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and started a church there. And we were there for 29 years. But we loved being on the road, and uh, I, I asked the Lord if it would work out that we could do that again. And four years ago, my middle son, uh, my namesake, David Abbott, uh, uh, took our church. We turn, turned it over to him, and we started traveling again. And so that's why we get to be here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. I love God's people. I love the apostolic church. Hallelujah. 
There's nobody quite like God's people. Baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Amen. On their way to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. All three of us are all three of us are songwriters, and uh, we um, uh, all enjoy writing songs. But this is one song that uh, my wife and I co-wrote. Uh, she wrote the music to it. It was actually before she started writing songs, but she, uh, she got this tune together and was playing it one night. We were preaching a youth camp in California, and uh, she called me over and said, can you put words to this? And I just listened to it for a little while, and it seemed like the tune was talking to me and saying, give the Lord the praise. Hallelujah. We've been doing that tonight with already some wonderful worship songs. We're going to continue. You worship the Lord with us, and we'll sing unto the Lord. Give the Lord the praise.
people use music for all kinds of things. And, and music is a powerful thing. And music is very important to most, all humans. Yeah. But there's a lot of people tonight that are singing about drugs. And people that are singing, you know, about sex. People that are singing, you know, about their, their gold, their riches or whatever. Amen. But the only song that's really blessed is when you give the song back to the one who gave it to begin with. And you worship the Lord. And that's what we're doing here tonight. Give the Lord the praise. Give the Lord the praise for all, all that he is doing. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord the praise. Give the Lord the praise. And he, he's going to keep on. you, Jesus. I want God's blessings. Amen. So I'm going to keep on praising him. You may be seated. I wanted to sing this song tonight because it kind of goes along with what I feel like preaching tonight. It's one of the more recent songs that the Lord gave to me. It's on our newest uh, CD. And it's just entitled Incredible. And don't you find it incredible that the Lord would love somebody like you and me? Don't you find it incredible that the Lord would seek us out and find us and love us? Praise God. And Brother Brandon has already expressed that tonight. And we were all in that pit, all lost. Amen. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God was good enough to reach down and touch us. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord with me as I sing this song, Incredible. I find it so incredible that Jesus loves me. Thank you, Jesus. It's incredible that he should care for me. That I should have this friend the King of glory. Oh, it's incredible that he should walk with me. For you see, when I was just a child, just a little Texas boy, the Lord reached down and touched my life, and I responded to him. And gave my heart to him. He cleansed me from my sin. And he set me free. You remember that? Hallelujah. Oh, he washed 
away my past when I called on his name and now the Holy Ghost lives in me he loves me he loves me he loves me isn't it incredible hallelujah oh his mercy and his grace they cover me he saved me he saved me he saved me yes it's incredible he's mine for all eternity and so my friend if you don't know the love of Jesus, oh, what joy you will find in him today. Just turn from sin and call upon the say. If you're and then along with me you too can say he loves me he loves me he loves me mercy and his grace they cover me and he saved me he saved me he saved me oh it's incredible he's mine for all eternity yes it's incredible it's unbelievable so wonderful he's mine for all eternity oh thank you jesus let's lift our hands and love our lord thank you jesus thank you jesus Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. It really is an incredible thing. Hallelujah. When you think about all of the millions in the world and so many that do not know the Lord, that the Lord found us and chose us in him. And I'm in this for the long haul. Hallelujah. I've had the Holy Ghost for 57 years. Since I was eight years old, and I'm 65 now, I've helped you do the math there. Hallelujah. And God has been so good to me. Hallelujah. What an incredible journey. Hallelujah. 
And Sister Danae wrote a song just real recently that's entitled For the Long Haul. She's going to sing that now. Sometimes all it takes is a bad day. testing yes sir hallelujah we're in this for the long haul 
Brother, it's no time to look back now. No time to turn around now. Hallelujah. Thank God for this wonderful truth that we have found. Hallelujah. And I believe Jesus is coming soon. How about you? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I was raised um, mostly, I was born in New Mexico. My dad was a preacher. He was starting a church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. I was born there. Then he pastored in La Mesa, Texas. I was raised 10 years there and then to California. And uh, so I've been lots of places. Went to Bible school in Stockton and uh, traveled a lot with the Bible school, which gave me a great opportunity to get acquainted with people across the country. And uh, then we started traveling. My wife and I started traveling and, uh, and uh, spent 10 years on the road, as I've mentioned already. Amen. But uh, God has been good to us and kept us. And then uh, uh, to start the church in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is the Phoenix area. And uh, I've had a lot of health problems in my life. And uh, I don't know which one of them I can blame for how slow I am getting around. But I'm just thankful to be getting there. Hallelujah. Amen. That the Lord has given us this opportunity. Amen. To travel again. And uh, it gives me the strength. Hallelujah. And that's all I need. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to read a couple of passages of Scripture, actually just two verses. The first one found in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Hallelujah. And the scripture says here, the Apostle Paul, of course, writing to the church at Ephesus, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Hallelujah. And I want you tonight to take this verse of scripture personally. Amen. That we, that you in particular, are chosen in God. Amen. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Hallelujah. You know, I've been pondering this, and especially working on this message, and this is a new message. I uh, still haven't really got it all, all the way together, but uh, I, I'm intrigued with what causes God to look toward a particular individual. And, and, and what gets his attention. We know that it's not God's will that anybody perish. And yet we know that every man has a measure of faith. But a lot of people don't, you know, they don't follow that. They don't walk in that. But I'm glad that I responded to the Lord. Aren't you glad you responded? Hallelujah. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. We don't believe in predestination as far as individuals are concerned. We, don't, we believe that everybody has a choice and that we will choose how our life ends up. But it's a wonderful thing to know that the Lord saw us and chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Isn't that great? Hallelujah. And I, I do believe that no matter how difficult it is, that God will make a way for somebody who wants to follow him. If you respond to the call of God 
Bible says no man can come to God except the Spirit draw him. So we have to have that drawing of the Spirit. But if we respond to that drawing of the Spirit, there's nothing God won't do to make sure that we are equipped for this journey. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I thought about this story this afternoon. I went to Bible school with a young man. His name was Angel de Jesus. He's the angel of Jesus. That's pretty special. He's from Puerto Rico. And uh, down in those, those Catholic countries down there, and he was very closely associated with this uh, story that came from the island of Haiti. And I know you're standing. Uh, but this, this man who had been raised in, in this Catholic environment all of his life, and he, he knew that there had to be more to God and salvation than what he knew. And he was walking along a little path one day and praying. And, and uh, he was saying, God, help me to, to find the truth, to know the truth. And he felt this strange urge to look in a pile of just litter, trash, on the side of the path. It's on the island of Haiti. And he looked through that trash, and he found in that bunch of trash a Pentecostal herald. And he took it home with him and read in there a message about Acts 2.38, about repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. He didn't know what to do, so he wrote a letter to the United Pentecostal Church headquarters in St. Louis. And uh, they responded by sending a missionary. They, we didn't at that time have a missionary on the island of Haiti, but there was one in Puerto Rico. And they sent Brother Smith, uh, Brother Glenn Smith, missionary. They sent him over to the island of Haiti, and he found this little man, baptized him in Jesus' name, and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And a great church was started as a result, amen, of one man saying, God, I got this little measure of faith. I know there's more than what I see now and have now. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if you respond to God, he'll be there for you. One more verse before you're seated, and that is uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. But as it is written... I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. That is a wonderful verse of Scripture. Hallelujah. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, you ain't seen nothing yet. Amen. Of what God can do if you'll just respond to him and follow him. Now, this basically tonight, I'm just going to be telling stories. But I want you, as I'm talking about these stories, I want you to begin to build your own story. I want you to begin to imagine what God can do in your life. Let's worship him before we're seated. We thank you, Jesus, and love you. Hallelujah. Thank you for the touch of the Spirit tonight. Thank you for the worship of the church. Thank you for the songs of Zion. Hallelujah. We do worship you and lift you up and lift up our hands. Lift up our hearts, Lord, to you tonight. You have been so good to find us, to deliver us, to save us. It's incredible. Hallelujah what you have done. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. 
I'd like to call this tonight the incredible journey. The incredible journey. God chooses whom he will. One verse of scripture, God said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. In other words, nobody's going to tell me what to do. You know, I'll, I'll choose who I want to choose. And another place that Jesus, in fact, said in uh, John chapter 15, verse 16, he said, ye have not chosen me, I have chosen you. Amen. Today, the big terminology is, have you accepted Christ? Well, that's not the main thing. The main thing is, has he accepted you? Hallelujah. Has he chosen you? Hallelujah. But Paul said, we are chosen in him. Amen. Before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. It's incredible when you find yourself chosen and it only gets better and better and better. Hallelujah. The Bible says in one scripture unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can even ask or think. Some of you here tonight may not have a heritage like I do. I'm at least four generations of preachers behind me. And maybe you don't have that kind of a heritage. But hey, how about you? Why don't you start a heritage? Why don't you pass something down to your children? Amen. Why don't you build something wonderful? Amen. Build a godly house. Amen. That children can be raised up in and live for God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Start your own journey with Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to talk about Abraham tonight. What a fascinating story in the Bible. Abraham comes to us, amen, in the 12th chapter of Genesis. As you know, Genesis is the first book. And just 12 chapters into Genesis, some 3,000 or so years ago, after the fall of man in the garden, after the great flood covered the earth, after the great power of Babel was built up and God had to confuse the language and scatter the people some 200 years or so after that. God decided, I'm going to find me a man that will follow me. I'm going to look for somebody that will obey my voice. And the Bible doesn't give us any background on Abraham, but I have a feeling that God was watching him and knew that he was a man of integrity. I don't believe that this was just a, a random choice that God just chose just anybody along the way. Amen. But I believe that God saw something in Abraham that he, he believed would respond to him. And so God began to move, I believe, and, and, and we don't know how this played out, but I believe that God began to move upon Abraham's immediate family. And his father, Terah, began to feel like moving on out of Ur of the Chaldees. And so he, the Bible says he took with him his son Abraham. He had three sons, but Abraham was the one ready to go. And, and Abraham's wife, uh, Sarah, and, uh, and also his nephew, Abraham's nephew, Lot. Amen. His brothers, this would have been a grandson of Terah. And he took them and their possessions, and they began to travel north. But they made it to Haran, and they never did make it out of Mesopotamia. They never did make it into the land of Canaan. And I believe God was directing them just to get them out of the main thrust of their people and the idolatry that they were surrounded with. But then Abraham's father died there. That was the end of his journey. 
And after his father was dead, then God spoke to Abraham. And again, Abraham, listen. And God said, Abraham, his name was Abram then. Abram, I want you to get out of this country, your old country. I want you to get away from your kinfolks. And I want you to go to a land that I'm going to give to you. Amen. I want you to get out of your father's house. Amen. And so Abraham took his wife and his nephew Lot, and uh, they began to travel. And they went almost immediately into the land of Canaan, which we now know as the land of Israel. Amen. And God began to appear to Abraham and speak to him in wonderful ways. He made a covenant with Abraham, and he said to him, I am going to bless you, and I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And this land that you're walking in, I want you to walk from one end to the other because I'm going to give you this land. Now, this was an incredible thing to this man who was now 75 years old. A lot of his life had already passed, and 75 years old, his wife was 65. And it's, it's like a new beginning that God's saying, I'm going to give you this land, and I'm going to make you great, make your name great, and make a great nation out of you. And, and, and so Abraham just believed, and he just followed God. And he didn't know how all this was going to play out, and we never do know exactly how God's going to work out our lives and our future. But he's, he's able. I said he's able. Hallelujah. Amen. If you put your trust in the Lord, and this is all about trusting God. Hallelujah. This incredible journey. You just got to believe that the Lord knows where he's going. Hallelujah. Amen. God is not fumbling his way through eternity. Amen. The 15th chapter of the book of Acts, it says, Known unto God are all of his works from the beginning of creation. Amen. He knows where he's going and what he's doing. So Abraham headed out. The first place he landed was in Shechem, and the Lord appeared to him there. And he built an altar unto the Lord. It's been said of Abraham that you could track him by altars and wells. Amen. He would build an altar up, and he would worship the Lord, and he would dig a well of water so that he would have fresh water to drink. Amen. God, help us to be altar builders. Hallelujah. Amen. And to be well diggers. Amen. To know how to be here and pray and touch the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So that we can have the blessing of God upon our lives. Hallelujah. And then, uh, uh, then he moved on to Bethel. Praise God. Which means the house of God. Amen. And the Bible says by that time he was already blessed. Hallelujah. And, and had much possession. And then a famine came and so he went down into Egypt, amen, and, and he did some things wrong down there. He made, he made some foolish errors, amen. You know the story about how he, he claimed that his wife was only his sister, and she was taken by Pharaoh and could have been defiled. But God spoke to Pharaoh, and then it ended up being a great blessing. Pharaoh blessed him with cattle and sheep and oxen and, and all of that and, and other riches, amen. And so then he went back to Bethel. Hallelujah. I like that song that says, take me back, take me back, take me back to that place where I first found you. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what Abraham did after his experience in Egypt. Amen. He went back to the house of God, back to Bethel, and he built another altar there. And God renewed his covenant with him there. And the Bible says by that time he was rich, but he was not forgetting God. 
God, give us men that can be blessed financially. But not forget God. You know as well as I do that so many men, once they start having the blessings of the Lord, they don't have time for church. And they don't seem to have money to pay their tithes anymore. Amen. But Abraham was a man that though he was blessed with great riches, amen, he kept on building altars. He kept on honoring the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And so there in Bethel, the second time, he called upon the Lord and drew near to God. And it was at that time that Lot separated himself from Abraham. And after he was gone, God said to Abraham, now I want you to lift up your eyes. Hallelujah. And, and uh, we heard a wonderful message on that and admit, amen. And I'd like for this church to do that tonight. I would like for you to think about your own story and begin to lift up your eyes tonight and think about what God can do in your life. Hallelujah. What great things God might have prepared for you in your future if you will just follow after him. Hallelujah. He said, look to the north and look to the east and look to the, the west and look to the south. I want you to look all around you because I am going to give this whole country to you. In fact, God was very specific. He said, I'm going to give you this land all the way from the Euphrates River down to the river of Egypt or the Nile River. That's much more territory than what the Jews have today. In the, in the land of Israel. God gave them much more than what they possess. Now all the world's trying to pressure them to give up what they have. But God actually gave them all the way from the Euphrates River, amen, down to the river of Egypt, the Nile River in Egypt. Hallelujah. That's what God gave to Abraham. Lift up your eyes, he said. It's yours. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm going to make your seed like the sand of the sea. And Abraham was getting on up in years and didn't even have a child. But he believed God. God said, I'm going to make your, your seed like the sand of the sea. And he believed God. And the Bible says it was counted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. He believed. And, and one time he said to God, God, I go childless. I, I don't have a child. And he said, how about my faithful servant Eliezer? Why don't you make him my heir? But God said, no. Eliezer was a great man a great and faithful servant. But Abraham, it's going to be from your loins that God is going to bless. Hallelujah. Amen. It's going to be from your loins. And he said at that time, he said, your seed will be like the stars of heaven. Hallelujah. He said, look up Abraham and count the stars if you can. And you know, that's an interesting thing because there was a day when scientists calculated that there were about a thousand stars. The most knowledgeable men. And then, you know, then, then somebody came along and invented some kind of a looking glass thing, and, and they raised it up to about 10,000. And then they started making those great telescopes, and they tell us, you can't count them. They're stars beyond the stars, stars that we can't even yet see, even with the greatest telescopes that we have. Amen. The universe just keeps on going and going. Amen. And God said, Abraham, your seed is going to be like the stars of heaven, going to be uncountable. Hallelujah. It's an amazing... And, and, and can you imagine? Here's this guy that God picked out of nowhere, just chose him, 
And called him and said, come, if you'll follow me, I'm going to give you all of this. I'm going to give you this country. I'm going to make your seed like the sand of the sea and the stars of heaven. And it's going to come from you. It's going to come from your loins, Abraham. And, well, Sarah didn't have quite as much faith as Abraham did. So she said, I got a little plan, Abraham, and you know the story. She gave her handmaiden to Abraham to take his wife, and through that Ishmael was born. And there was one time when Abraham said to God, God, let Ishmael live before you. In other words, accept is Ishmael, and, because it doesn't look like this other thing's going to happen. And God said, no. I'm going to make a great nation out of Ishmael, but he is not your seed. He is not, he is not the one, the promised seed that I'm talking about. Amen. And, and so God renewed his covenant with Abraham when he was 99 years old. Ishmael was born when he was 86. And at 99 years old, God renewed his covenant with Abraham, changed his name from Abram to Abraham, changed uh, Sarah's name from Sarai to Sarah. Amen. Abraham means the father of nations. Hallelujah. Because it was going to be more than just one nation. Hallelujah. That would come from Abraham. And he told him, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan. And chew on this a little bit tonight. He said, I'm going to give you the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. There's more than one scripture in the Bible that bears that out. God chose that little strip of land over there and gave it to the Israelites. Hallelujah. Then he gave him the rite of circumcision, and all the males were circumcised. Amen. And then uh, Sarah became, uh, uh, Sarai became Sarah, and the again the promise was that she was going to have a son. And then one day there were three angels. The Bible says three men. We know that they were angels. Came walking up the road. And two of those were just ordinary angels. But one of them was the angel of the Lord. And Abraham recognized who this was coming to see him. He told his servants, kill the fatted calf. Get things ready. We're going to have a feast around here. Hallelujah. And so they sat down and they feasted together. And then two of those angels took off on a journey. They took off uh, to go down to Sodom to do the bidding of the Lord there. But the angel of the Lord stayed around and him and, and Abraham had a conversation. Now, folks, this is incredible. God, in the form of a man, came down to Abraham's humble tent and had a conversation with him. He respected Abraham so much that he wanted his judgment on what he was about to do. And, 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 and Abraham said with him, to him, God, it's not like you to destroy the righteous with the wicked. If there are 50 righteous in Sodom, would you spare the city for 50? And God said, I, I would do that. I would. Isn't this something? Abraham and God are having a conversation. And we're not talking about an abstract thing here. We're talking about a visible man standing in front of Abraham, and they're talking together. And, and Abraham bargains because he starts counting up, and he knows there's not 50 there. And so he cuts it down to 40, and then down to 30, down to 20, and finally down to 10. And God said, I'll spare it for 10 people. But evidently, there weren't even 10 there that were righteous. But then... And I wrote this down because I want to say it just like the Bible says it. 
if I can find it here. Hallelujah. After they finished bargaining, the Bible says, and the Lord went his way. He just walked away. And Abraham was pondered, left there to ponder what was going to happen down in Sodom. But those two angels, as we know the story in the 19th chapter of Genesis, they led uh, Lot and, and his family out of that land or out of that city before the awful vengeance of God fell upon it and it was consumed with fire. Amen. But here's Abraham out there in Hebron, out on the mountainside. Amen. Amen. In a land that God's given to him and God has just visited him. Amen. He builds altars, he digs wells, and he walks with God. And then uh, again one day, amen, some angels came up to the tent, and they said to, to Abraham, they said, where's Sarah? And he said, she's inside the tent. And they said, well, we, we need to talk to her because God's going to give her a baby. And inside the tent, Sarah laughed. Not out loud, but just to herself, she laughed. This, she, she's thinking, this has got to be crazy. Here I am, you know, I am 90 years old. Now, you've got to understand the ages were a little different then. Abraham lived to be 185, and Sarah, I think, lived to be 127 or something like that. And, and so the ages were somewhat different then, but still the Bible says that they were old and stricken in years by this time, and that Sarah was, was beyond the, 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 the place of, of childbirth, and that they were even beyond the pleasure, the Bible says, in one place. And so she's thinking, this has got to be crazy. But I'm telling you, when God is walking with you and you're walking with God, if you can just lift up your eyes, you'll find out God can do some incredible things in your life. You may think you're a little bitty nobody, but I'm telling you, you were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. God has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. It's an incredible thing. I was just a little eight-year-old boy when God tapped me on the shoulder, when God got my attention. Hallelujah. And what an incredible journey it has been walking with the Lord. And so it was with Abraham. Amen. Little Isaac was born, and then God put him to that supreme test. Amen. Of offering him up as a sacrifice. And Abraham stood the test. It was an awful thing to think about. Amen. But God never intended for Isaac to die. Amen. He just wanted to see how much Abraham was truly devoted to him. Sometimes God will let us be tested, but not beyond what we can bear. He will take care of us. He will walk with us. It, Jesus said, of those that you gave to me, Lord, I've lost none of them. I will keep them, he said. And he's in the keeping business, not just in the, in the saving business, but the keeping business. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands under the Lord right now? When Sarah had Isaac, she says, God has made me to laugh. God is, they, they named, Isaac means laughter. They named him laughter because she laughed when she first heard about it. And now she's saying it, it's, it's, she's laughing out of joy. Now God has made me to laugh. And she expressed something that would, would come out to us like this. Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? Me with a baby. 
holding a promised child in my arms. Hallelujah. Amen. And then after Hagar and Ishmael were cast off, amen, God began to work, amen, in Isaac's life. Ishmael became a great nation of his own right, but Isaac was that promised one. And he married Rebekah through the hand of the Lord. And they had a little Esau and Jacob. And God put his hand upon Jacob, as you know. Hallelujah. And out of Jacob came 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. You know, oh, brother Abraham, he would have never dreamed that 3,000 years from the time that he lived, I'd be standing in the pulpit preaching about him. He would have never dreamed that. When he started out just, to just, just a man, just an ordinary man, but following the call of God. But you never know what God will work, what wonders he will work if you will just trust him and be faithful to him. I want to encourage this church, keep on walking. Hallelujah. Amen. Twelve sons to Jacob, and they went down into Egypt, and they were sustained by Joseph there. And then they stayed there 400 years and became slaves. And God had to send Moses to bring them out. And you know the story of how they wandered in the wilderness, but finally they got into the land of Canaan. And then God began to give them out of their people. Great kings came forth. Saul, the first king, but then that special one by the name of David. Hallelujah. The Bible says God searched for him. He was looking for a man after his own heart. That's what he told Samuel. I'm telling you, God looks for people like you. Amen. He looks for people that will respond to the call of God. Hallelujah. He, he sees the way you respond. And, and when, when he knows there's somebody that will respond to him, amen, he puts his call upon your life. And if you will just keep on following him, it's a wonderful thing to see. And finally, one day, God said to David, he said, I'm going to make your kingdom an everlasting kingdom, an everlasting kingdom. Hallelujah. There will always be a man to set up on the throne, and all of the kings of Judah were direct descendants of King David. Amen. They came forth from his loins, and then finally, the Lord Jesus Christ himself came forth from the lineage of David. Amen. The one who will always be enthroned in our lives. He is the son of David. He said that himself. Hallelujah. He's David's father and he's David's son. Hallelujah. Because he is the Lord of glory. Hallelujah. Amen. So then Jesus came and the church, of course, came through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And all of this goes right back to Abraham. He would have never dreamed. Amen. We, we even get up front and act silly and sing, Father Abraham had many sons, and I'm one of them, and we spin around, turn around, jump up and down. Amen. Because we're thankful that we have the same kind of faith that Abraham had. You, you know, and Abraham was looking for more than just the old land of Canaan, the land of Israel today. The Bible says in the, the 11th chapter of Hebrews that Abraham looked for a city whose builder and maker was God. He was looking not just for the old Jerusalem. He was looking for the new Jerusalem. And I believe that if you're faithful, and I'm faithful, one day we will sit down in the presence of Abraham and talk it all over with him. Hallelujah. Isn't that incredible? Hallelujah. What a journey.
about 1930 in Elk City, Oklahoma, there was a young man who was about six foot four, claimed to be a Baptist, but he could cuss like a sailor and chew tobacco and have a very bad temper. His name was Mac D. Abbott. But he heard that there was a preacher coming through and pitching a tent and preaching in the tent that was preaching a strange doctrine. And he went out to hear him. And that man was preaching, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That man was preaching, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And my grandfather went out there to argue with him. Amen. But he ended up in the altar. He ended up repenting of his sins and being baptized in Jesus' name and being filled with the Holy Ghost. And another incredible journey was begun. Because it wasn't long after that, the call of God came upon my grandfather, Mac Abbott. Amen. And he packed up an old truck. I mean, a really old, rusty truck with a big bed on the back of it. It was more than just a pickup. It was a bigger truck. And, and he, he had furniture in there, and he had two of his boys in there. Amen. And, uh, and he had a tent in there. And they took off from Elk City and went to Vernon, Texas. And they set up that tent. My grandfather, his wife, Esther, and his uh, sister, I believe it was, Mamie, was with them in the front in the cab, and two boys in the back. And they went to Vernon, Texas, and they set up that tent. And they lived in the tent, but in the evenings, they would set it up for church, and he preached in that tent. And I don't know exactly how long it was they stayed there, but 100 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Vernon, Texas. Amen. From this, this young preacher, amen, who had gotten a revelation of who Jesus was. Hallelujah. And then the preacher that brought him the truth came and took over that work. My grandfather went back to Elk City for just a short while, and then he loaded up the truck again and took the tent again, and to Roswell, New Mexico he went. And in Rosal, New Mexico, he set up the tent, lived in the tent. But in the evenings, he, he set it up for church and preached in the tent. And he preached on the streets, and he preached on the old courthouse that's been there forever in Roswell, the county courthouse. He preached on the steps. I talked to an older woman not too long ago, just a few years ago, amen, who said when she was a teenager, she used to sit on the grass and listen to Mac Abbott preach, amen, on, at, at the courthouse. Hallelujah. Amen. And he preached and he preached until he began to win some people to the Lord. And he built a building, 1303 North Washington uh, in, in Roswell, hallelujah, a, a great building there. Amen. And, and built a great church. Hallelujah. I heard a missionary come through. He came through and somebody sent me the CD telling about how that my grandfather came knocking on their door one day. His, his grandfather, either his grandfather or, or great grandfather was a stonemason in Roswell. And my grandfather came and hired on to work with him, and he did it with the whole purpose of trying to win him to God. Amen. And so they would go to work during the day, and then in the evenings, he would teach that family Bible studies, and he won them to the Lord. And now four generations later, amen, there's a missionary on the foreign field preaching this message because my grandfather, amen, went with courage to Roswell, New Mexico. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. He took a leave of absence from the church and started another church in Portland. 
Gonzalez, New Mexico, that's still going on there. And a good friend of mine is pastoring there. And my, my daughter's father-in-law, my older daughter's father-in-law, Brother Rod Foster pastors in Roswell, New Mexico. Now we go there very often. Hallelujah. Amen. My grandfather would have never dreamed, amen, that his work would just keep on going and growing. Amen. He had five children, three boys and two girls. Hallelujah. All three of his boys became preachers and his twin daughters married preachers. Hallelujah. And they preached the gospel. My dad was one of them. He was the youngest son. Amen. He lived his entire life loving and preaching this message and he passed it on to us kids. Uh, hallelujah. He put it in my heart. Hallelujah. And that's why I'm here preaching tonight. I love this message. I love this truth. And Grandpa, the story's not over yet. Because I have three sons, and all of them are preachers. My older daughter's married to a preacher. I got five little grandsons that are already learning how to quote scriptures, and some of them are already getting in the pulpit and giving little speeches. Hallelujah. It's not over yet, Grandpa. The story just keeps going on and on. Hallelujah. Not only that, my grandfather, his father was a Presbyterian minister for many, many years. Amen. But my grandfather, after he got the truth, began to write letters to him and won him to this message. Hallelujah. And he was baptized in Jesus' name also. I'm telling you, it's incredible what God will do if you'll just keep on walking with him, if you'll keep on traveling with him, if you won't be discouraged, if you won't look back to Egypt, don't look back to this world, but keep on walking with God. There's no telling. The Bible says, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for those that love him. Don't sell out to this world because the world doesn't have any future and you don't have any future in the world. But I'm telling you, in the house of God, and among the fellowship of God's people, we have an incredible future in front of us. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be living for Jesus and to be on this great journey. Hallelujah. Praise God. Maybe I'm talking to somebody that will begin your journey tonight. Well, Abraham's journey started with three little scriptures in the 12th chapter of the book of Genesis. But I can tell you some good scriptures to start on tonight. Acts 2 and 38. Hallelujah. Just start by obeying the gospel, by obeying what Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Some of you may already have a story to tell. In fact, all of you do. But I'm telling you, it's just going to get better and better as you walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. David said, I, I have been young and now I'm old. But I've not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. I'm telling you, it's incredible what God will do in your life if you'll be faithful to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good to me.
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Why don't we gather around the front tonight? We invite everyone to come. Let's just ask the Lord to guide us and lead us. Hallelujah. Let's give our journey to him tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for the call of God on my life. tonight. God is so good. God is so good to me. Oh, he is so good to me. More than this world could be. Why don't you put your life in his hands tonight? Amen. Why don't you just give yourself to the Lord tonight around this altar. Let's build an altar unto the Lord tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 say, but Brother Abbott, I've made so many mistakes. Well, read the story of Abraham. He made a lot of mistakes, but he just kept on walking with God. And God never let him down. God never forsook him. God worked through his problems. He's going to work through yours too tonight. Come on, give it to him again right now. Lift your hands to the Lord. Here's my life, Lord. Here's my life, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is so good to me. He is so good to me. More than this world could ever be. He's so good to me. He is me. 
You've got 